Hello, and welcome to the Next Block podcast, where we speak with the people who are building blockchain products so we can learn about them in depth. I'm your host, Emil Basil, and today I am very excited to have on the show Hilmar Orth, who is one of the co-founders of Gelato, which is a service that allows you to automate your smart contracts. Uh, we'll dive into much more depth about what that actually means. But first of all, hello, Hilmar. How are you doing today? Awesome. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks for being here. So you're based out of Switzerland. Um, I feel like Switzerland at least comes across through news and media as being very sort of lenient and uh, welcoming to blockchain and crypto. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, there was some decentralized identity uh, pilot project that was being worked on. Um, and I'm curious, how, how do you see that being over there? And could you maybe talk a bit about the blockchain community over there? Yeah, sure. Um, so like we started Gelato actually in Berlin and Germany and kind of like uh, transitioned over to uh, to Switzerland. Um, and this is exactly because of that particular reason of it being very proactive in terms of um, just understanding the needs of crypto startups and companies um, mm -hmm. and examples of that. It's it's, it's not uh, examples of that are basically um, we could incorporate a business um, without having a bank account, just basically having crypto as deposits in the official uh, uh, kind of like state registry that your company is registered in. So like we deposited USDC instead of like cash. Oh, wow. In, wow. Inside the official comp uh, like uh, state registry. Um, mm -hmm in zook um and then we were in our in our official like incorporation certificates it literally just has like so and so much usdc <laughs> and then the and then the swiss That's bank cool. equivalent um uh -huh. and yeah we can pay all our taxes in crypto as well which is epic uh -huh. um so we have wow. we can circumvent the traditional financial system and the banks as much as possible which we always try to do yeah so, so then you moved from uh, Berlin to to Zug. Yes. Yeah, right. Cool. Um, and uh, uh, is is most of the team located where you are too, or are you guys pretty distributed? Um, pretty distributed team. So, like, we got people from all over the world working. Like, we are remote first team. Uh, we kind of like started in the midst of COVID, right? So you couldn't really build an office anywhere. So um, <laughs> that's why we started remote and. That's why our team is also global. Yeah, cool. Uh, so I'd love to learn a bit more about you. Uh, could you share a bit about your background and perhaps what you were doing uh, before you started in crypto? Yeah, sure. Um, so um, I actually studied finance. So um, finance as an undergraduate in London. And uh, um, the, the course I specifically did was investment and financial risk management. So basically like um portfolio management um build like how derivatives are priced uh, uh econometrics and, and all sorts of things basically like financial building financial products modeling financial products and stuff like that and i was super like interested in that but i i, I could never really work at the bank or so i <laughs> said like a, like everyone was basically just like trained to, to work in an investment bank or like retail bank but uh, I it was like never an option for me. Um, and so, yeah, after that, I kind of uh, went to Berlin and, and, and uh, joined a couple of startups there, uh, mostly tech startups. Um, 
worked at a kind of like a big like a company from this incubator called Rocket Internet that did like a bunch mm. of startups in, in, in Berlin. I worked at an NYC startup um, for some time as well. Um, and yeah, then uh, in 2017, I think, um, uh, Luis and I, who also co-founded Gelato, we incorporated or we started our first um, uh, real business, uh, which was uh, basically like a venture studio in, in, in Berlin, and which we co-founded uh, that were basically specialized in, in like crypto and blockchain technology to help like big corporations in the German speaking areas to to experiment with it basically. So we had a mm -hmm. bunch of developers and we built like projects with them, which was um, very cool. Stuff was super early. Uh, we learned a lot, but like uh, it was more like uh, PCs that these mm -hmm. these companies were building uh, because they didn't dare to go to the public networks <laughs> yet, right? And obviously it's regulatory wise also for them not possible at that stage. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, we will learn a lot, but at some point, you know, um, we we got so excited about all the possibilities that you can do on the public uh, networks that we kind of like transitioned to that. And like we, we, we stopped doing these projects and went to just like a bunch of hackathons, I think like five or six hackathons all around the world, like the ETH global ones started just hacking on stuff and uh, then got into contact with uh, Gnosis in Berlin, who are um, like this decentralized exchange prediction market protocol. Um, we worked on a project with them and out of this project um, the need for something like gelato arose because we we were basically um, tasked to automate trading based on certain conditions on one of the DEXs that Gnosis were building at that time and and when we when we did so we realized okay we had to build up the sole infrastructure from scratch that kind of like service running that try to get transactions mined at certain conditions um, and when we were doing so, we realized that now, hey, we are the only ones running these servers, right? If, if like our system goes down or we do something weird, then this decentralized application just like goes down, which is not that decentralized anymore, right? And um, yeah. we we kind of like identified that there will probably be like thousands or millions of other projects or dApps coming out at some point that will face something similar. And so we decided to kind of like solve this particular problem of having a decentralized network of bots or servers running that will actually enable you to automate different stuff on Ethereum or other networks for all for three developers. Cool. And um, when you started working with Gnosis, uh, was that through a grant or can you talk a bit about kind of how yeah, you guys? We actually were received. Together? Yeah, we, we there was um, there was the. Uh, like a pitch day basically where you can like i was was very deep into like lending protocols back then super fascinated by MakerDAO and stuff um and uh -huh. we we basically pitched them like a, a lending protocol on top of one of the exchanges which was like i think super dope but probably too <laughs> complex um and then we actually ended up uh, uh not doing this project but like basically we we won the this like we were one of the chosen ones out of this competition basically and then we they said hey we have this project that we want to do and we need some help could you help us with that basically and then oh, we got interesting. so your pitch your pitch had nothing to do with automation of smart contracts but that's that was kind of the, um, the like, it actually intro. had it actually had so there, there was this component as well um to it um but we ended up automating something different than we like we we, we wanted to automate like loans and loan repayments uh, but then we ended up automating just uh, market orders. I see. Kind of okay. Like dollar cost averaging. Cool. Cool. So that's a good segue. Um, 
Could you tell us uh, what does Gelato do? Yeah, so Gelato is a is a generalistic protocol on Ethereum, which allows developers or anyone to automate smart contract functions on any smart contract they want. Basically, what you can do is you can define an address, you can define when this particular, and you can define a function, and you can define when this particular function should be called and with what kind of data this particular function should mm -hmm. be called under which condition. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, you basically create tasks, and these tasks are queried by uh, a network of bots that uh, multiple parties are running, and, and they are basically constantly checking these conditions that you defined. And once these conditions mm -hmm. are fulfilled, they will make sure that your transactions uh, get mined as soon as possible on whatever network you're on. We are live on like uh, mainnet, Ethereum mainnet, um, Phantom, Polygon, and, and soon expanding also to to other ones. And basically what projects use Gelato for is to really just outsource all of the DevOps related to building like sophisticated products on Ethereum. So um, normally you would have to kind of build these, these bots from scratch um, and deal with all the issues that arise uh, from running one right. in production, which is kind of like, how do I cope with reorgs, uh, providers being unresponsive, uh, transactions being stuck, uh, nonce being out of sync, um mempool being bloated uh whatnot right there are all these mm -hmm. these small issues um, and then of course the centralization vector around you just running it yourself um and yeah that's basically and then we just make it uh, very easy for you to do it um and yeah that's basically uh, the problem gelato tries to solve uh, are you familiar with ifttt if this then that where you can set yeah. uh certain conditions is it kind of like that idea where you kind of define parameters for uh, a, a task to be executed is that yeah so, that so you can like about it? Yeah. from from a user perspective yes so like gelato has been compared quite often to zapier or iftt right okay uh, though, yep. though this is uh and this is a fair uh, comparison though this is more like something that can be built on top of gelato whereas um, Gelato, the infrastructure that is like mostly what we've been focused on thus far is more something like um, Google Cloud Functions or AWS Lambda for Web3. So like decentralized AWS Lambda, for example. Um, Got it. And um, the IFTT application is some like user-facing application that uh, we, it was actually our prototype that we built uh, roughly one and a half years ago. It was an IFTT-like application. Um, and that's oh, cool. actually how we started, but but we went back to focusing more on the infra. Right. And then, yeah, ex uh, externalize the events that trigger that and yeah, I guess leave that open to the community to kind of build those on top of that. Um, cool. So I'd love to learn more about kind of what, what are the common use cases that you're seeing people use this for? Um, there are a bunch, like... Um, stuff that we kind of like anticipated but also like super weird stuff that we didn't like when we <laughs> build it i like i was like we were always thinking about like okay you can build like automatically exercising option protocols on top or interest rate swaps at certain future times like these super sophisticated financial applications uh -huh. right uh, that all require something like that and we do have a fair share of them like most of them are still DeFi related so one of the most widely used applications is limit orders so basically um, if the price exceeds a certain threshold, please execute my order on Uniswap or on Polygon, uh, on QuickSwap, for example, right? And if you, for example, go to, to QuickSwap on Polygon, the, the most used AMM there, or 
uh, on SpookySwap, which is the most used AMM on, on Phantom, for example, you go to limit orders and you see it's powered by Gelato. So it's basically Gelato bots um, automating the fulfillment of these orders when these conditions are met. Um, mm -hmm. And um, so this is a super popular case uh, because it basically brings the kind of like traditional centralized user experience to these AMMs. And, it, and also it, it will keep the, the, the volume or liquidity within that exchange, uh, which is cool for them. Um, mm -hmm. That's super popular. And then we have um, projects that just do yeah, yield farming. And yield farming is basically you want to constantly kind of like auto recompound certain mm -hmm. bolts or farms. And there is this, it's called harvesting, like harvesting the rewards, right? And it has to happen like yeah. every day or like every hour or depending on the, the, the revenue there. And so like a lot of projects use us to auto farm or harvest their vaults every so often. Um, and so these time-based tasks are very, very popular. Basically every hour, please do that. Or we have an NFT project that every day distributes rewards to their users with Gelato. Um, uh, but, but then we also have super weird ones. For example, you know, Avagotchi, they're kind of like these Tamagotchi-like NFTs um, mm -hmm. for, for kind of like DeFi. And you can pet them every 12 hours. And if you pet them, <laughs> their loyalty or something goes up. And basically, yeah. people started offering services where, like, hey, I also pet your Avagotchi every 12 hours for you if you pay me. <laughs> and they're like using Gelato and they're like hundreds of Avagotchis being petted every so often by Gelato, uh, which yeah. is something which is super weird. But uh, yeah, these sort of use cases as well. That's funny. There was uh, some article I read last week. Someone had launched an NFT that it was one cat and everyone could participate by like feeding it. And I think it, got overfed and it actually died. And so I was curious if like there was some like automation or something in the background, but that is interesting. I've, there was also the uh, rarity game that Andre released where it's like mm. every day you can uh, take some action to get, you know, some health points or level up or something. So I could certainly see that um, kind of being part of that. I'm curious, you know, with gas prices being so wildly fluctuating throughout the day, is there any logic that you can instrument to say you know execute this if the gas price is below let's say 100 guay or something like that yeah totally um you can basically um depending on the on the use case but you can you can just define hey um the easiest one is just hey i for that transaction i'm only willing to pay um x amount of fee um and oh, please, so you do it please that limit way. that yeah. Yeah, so you can do it that yeah. way. You can also do it via gas prices. You can say, hey, I only want to do it if the gas price is below whatever. Um, but yeah, there, there are different ways um, of, of achieving that, and this is totally possible. And on mainnet, this is right. also an issue for um, certain transactions, um, but a lot of them are kind of like mission critical, and so they have to happen like regardless of the fee. No matter and what. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so I'd love to sort of get one level deeper and understand how all of this works. And maybe we can do it in the context of a limit order. Uh, so just for everyone to understand, could you explain what a limit order is and then talk about uh, how that works with, with, with Gelato? Yeah. So with Gelato, we're actually doing limit sell orders, not limit buys. So there's a differentiation here. But basically, okay. um, if you go to Uniswap, and we have, for example, if you go to Sorbet.finance there, you can place limit orders on Uniswap, but also on QuickSwap or other IMMs. And basically how that works is if you go to Uniswap and you want to, you have some, uh, you have one ETH, right? And you're speculating that ETH will 
go above four thousand um, dollars, then if you go there, then I think currently it's around three thousand or something, right? Um, and then if you go there today, you can only like you have to set. Normally, you would have to set yourself an alert, and then when it hits four thousand, you have to go log into your wallet and you swap to the swap. But with with Gelato, um, and if you go to Sobay Finance, you can basically just say, hey, if the price reaches four thousand dollars, then I would like to execute my trade on Uniswap so that I will actually get out $4,000 and not $3,000 that I would get out now. Of course, you don't know when this will happen, right? It can happen tomorrow and it can never happen potentially. I think we all want it to happen at some point, but uh, <laughs> you kind of like don't have control over it usually. So um, it, is, is it time bound in any sense or do you just need to manually cancel it? You need to manually cancel it. So um, okay. it's not time bound. Um, and okay. basically how it works is that you define the, the price. Uh, upon which you mm -hmm. want to um, execute the order. And then basically we have a very easy to use um, JavaScript, uh, TypeScript uh, SDK that you can just plug into UI if you're a developer and wanna use that. <clears throat> and basically what it does, it kind of like from that input computes the minimum out amount that you want to have in, let's say if you have one ETH, you want to have at le out at least 4,000 die of this trade. And so we take that minimum out amount and this is, you sign that basically. Um, and then mm -hmm. we, when the bot later executes that limit order on your behalf, this condition, which is, hey, I want to get out at least 4,000 die is checked on chain basically. And if it's not fulfilled, then the whole transaction will revert and the bot will actually incur transaction fees. So they won't um, mm -hmm. send it in the first place. Got it. So you're locking up your asset with the, with the, uh, I guess, a contract? on and and that is the bot so maybe we can look at this so okay so th that's how it works on sorbet and that's got a user interface where someone can kind of set these parameters and um and kind of go through there now if i'm a developer and i want to do this uh myself um how do i go about doing that yeah so so let's say maybe let's take a more arbitrary use case right um let's say mm -hmm. uh we have a use case which um every six hours you want to transfer a hundred dollars uh hundred die to your mom for example right so what you do mm -hmm. is you basically um have um um you have a contract which you which you write or which basically encodes the rules which is hey um you can um every 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 hour a certain amount of money can be transferred out to a certain party, right? To to a certain mm -hmm. address that I specify. Um, and how you and specify this is in a contract which I'm going to deploy, right? Um, so it depends. Uh, uh, for a lot of use cases, you don't have to. Like it assumes usually, it just assumes that you already have a contract, uh, right? Um, so let's say you have a contract that does that. Um, that that said, so I already have a contract that sends money to my mom, but now I yeah. want to add this other layer that says do this every six hours. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Continue. So, for example, there is this um, allowance module. I think that's very popular. That is used with Gnosis saves, and basically, um, everyone can call it, and this just sends like you can specify that someone every month receives a salary of let's say a thousand die or something. But let's stick to example. Every week, your mom gets a hundred die uh, sent to her okay um, and then everyone can call it but obviously no one will call it because it costs mm. money to call right um, and so what you can do is that you this contract you that you already have you can go to gelato app.gelato.network you can just um, input the address of that contract 
um, then the, the UI will basically generate all of the functions that this contract has. And you can select the one that say it's called transfer to mom. You click mm. on the transfer to mom function, and then um, you can input the parameters that you want um, that, that, that function to take. Let's say 100 for 100 die, and then two for two every two weeks. And then you yep. click create task basically. And then like an event is emitted and the uh, Gelato bots that are running are listening to that event and they're getting all the necessary information they need from it. Um, and then basically only if those conditions are actually met, can these Gelato bots execute um, that transaction on your behalf. And what you usually do as a developer is you just take a, a, some ETH, you deposit it into like the as in your Gelato wallet. It's kind of like a prepaid SIM card where you just deposit some ETH ah, and you pay right. with that for your transactions basically. And then you can just select any functions on any contracts and have Jack Gelato bots just call them for you. Got it. And uh, can you talk more about these uh, bots? Is this something that uh, you guys run or is this something that anyone can sort of spin up and, yeah. and run? So at the moment, it's, it's, it's still uh, quite permission. So we are running a lot of them and we have selected parties that we work with that are also running other infrastructures for other projects um, that are running these um, executors, how we call them. Uh, the reason there is it's still not that straightforward to just spin off, uh, especially since these these uh, uh, executors are like on multiple chains at once, right? So you're running on like uh, Ethereum, Polygon, Matic, and there um, it's not that simple. So he, like it, stuff breaks, um, RPCs <laughs> go down, you need to swap them out. Like you need to be constantly on alert to really make sure uh, they're up and running. Um, and so you have to have like a team around that that monitors that and, and makes sure it works. Um, and so this is the whole point why uh, projects use Gelato because they don't want to have this internal team uh -huh. that does that all the time, right? So that's why um, they work together uh, with us, with Gelato, the, the protocol to, to actually outsource that. Um, yeah, right. and so we like the, the goal is that not like everyone, but like a lot of people, or a lot of projects can run them at some point. Uh, but yeah, we are gradually kind of like opening it up more and more um, just so we can move fast now, iterate quickly without having to coordinate like big releases every every five minutes. Um, and yeah. So in, in that future where sort of anyone can run that bot, do you picture that as you guys would develop sort of this bot software, kind of like a geth node type thing where anyone can just take that 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 piece of software, run it, and it handles all the... Uh, I don't know, making sure it's highly available and all that other. Yeah, I, I don't think, uh, like, I, I don't believe, like, everyone will need to run it. I think there will be mm. a group of of infrastructure operators that will run these, um, but these will not be, like, just everyone in the world. Uh, there's no point in that. It doesn't add that okay. much benefit of having, like, 50, <clears throat> like 50 people versus, like, 500 versus 5,000. It's not, like... Like at the moment, at least, uh, the trust is enforced on chain in the smart contract, so it's non-custodial, trustless. Um, we are exploring other functionalities where you would have some level of trust within the system. Mm -hmm. um, for example, what data to use and some conditions that you cannot verify on chain, um, that you can still use them to to make your con transactions conditional based on them. For example, uh, you're on Ethereum mainnet. And something happens on Polygon, um, and based on that condition being fulfilled on Polygon, you want to execute a transaction on Ethereum mainnet, um, or vice versa. 
And that's right. where Gelato becomes kind of like cross-chain or multi-chain. Um, and uh, this will, depending on the setup, might require some level of trust. Um, right. And, 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 and they are like the more decentralized it is and the more stake it has, the, the more secure it will be. But, but we are not there yet. Right. Cool. And so I know you guys have a uh, gel token. Is that is that used as part of this? And could you talk a bit about the tokenomics of that of that asset? Yeah. So gel token um, is out, I think, since around about two weeks or three weeks. Um, oh, so it's, and, so it's fairly fairly recent then. Yeah, we, we've been yeah. like we've been, I think, over close to two years without a token, and now got one out since we, we got a, a decent amount of traction now and feel comfortable kind of like opening it up more to other people, uh, especially yep. people buying stuff, right? Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so the, the, the token, the, the functionalities of the token is twofold. Um, one is basically as staking. So these operators, they will have to stake um, uh, these gelato tokens in order to be eligible to execute transactions uh, at certain times. So Currently, uh, we don't let these bots compete against each other. We actually coordinate them so everyone can receive a slot when they can execute and they get kind of like exclusive rights to executing these transactions in that slot. Um, in practice, everyone can still execute, but like that bot basically gets paid to do so at these slots. Um, and uh, basically, the, the whole point of it is that more and more transactions are being scheduled and recurringly automated using Gelato. And then these bots have exclusive rights over actually getting those transactions mined in the system. And for every transaction, they earn a revenue, right? And that revenue mm -hmm. um, is growing and at some point should be quite large. Not only the transaction fees that you earn uh, from, from like every transaction has to pay for itself, right? So on Ethereum mainnet, the transaction costs $50. Uh, you pay Gelato 55 where ten percent premium goes to the bots on like on the on the on the scaling like on Phantom or Quicks, uh, Polygon, it's like a hard coded fee, like super cheap basically because transaction fees are very cheap. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it's like ten cents there, I think, per, per transaction right now. Um, and um, so these these transactions create revenue opportunities not only for the transaction fee itself, but also having the exclusive right to do stuff afterwards, right? So if you get a transaction mined by a user let's say a limit order that executes like $500,000 on an AMM, you shift the price of that curve quite a bit, right? Um, and then yeah. the transaction that comes afterwards will have a huge arbitrage opportunity that it can take um, to, oh, actually, um, uh -huh. to actually to um, actually earn quite a bit of revenue, right? So that sort of revenue you get exclusive access to if you basically execute or are allowed to execute these transactions on behalf of Gelato. Um, and so, so yeah, um, there is a lot of potential kind of like mm -hmm. untapped revenue that, that these bots mm -hmm. can generate. And in order to be eligible, they have to acquire gel tokens, they have to stake. At the moment, it's like everyone can stake the same, but uh, at some point it will be like the more stake you have, the more rights you receive, the more transactions you can execute. Uh, and yeah, and then the second one is basically the governance aspect um, that you can uh, make sure these bots adhere to the rules of the network, uh, that you can help them accountable. If they, for example, censor transactions, they can be slashed, or if they don't uphold their promise mm -hmm. or down, they can be punished and economically um, disqualified mm -hmm. uh, by, by slashing some of the, the value they stage. And mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that's, a, that's the two kind of like aspects of the system for now. Cool. 
Does the token accrue any value from any of the like transaction fees or the 10% mm, or anything like that? No, no, not at the moment. Cool. Um, and just to kind of get a sense of the magnitude or scale, um, what are like the number of transactions per day, if that's something you can share? Yeah, there are over a thousand um, uh, in total, I think. Um, it depends always on the, sometimes they're like uh, 2000s. Uh, it also depends on the, um, the, the kind of like uh, volatility of the markets because most use yep. cases are kind of like DeFi specific and like if price move then the bots <laughs> go crazy and then they yeah. they like we also do like debt protection liquidation protection for on, for other loans for example uh -huh. and then like prices dump and then like you have to like top them, like you have to really like save them liquid self liquidate them pay back the debt limit order start executing basically and at, yeah. at those moments is where gelato is most valuable because like every uh, everyone will wants to get into a block but only so many transactions will actually get in um, and you have to constantly resubmit them right you, it's a gas price war it's an auction you like have to constantly bid over others to actually get their mind um and and this is where like traction really really goes up and then there are then there are these recurring ones that happen every day anyways um but and they're not that time sensitive right mm. um um, but, uh, and so you have quieter days when markets are more stable and then like crazy days when markets move. So every time China bans crypto, you probably see a spike in, uh, gelato, uh, transactions or something like that. With and the, you with see the whole sleepless dumping. nights of all the DevOps <laughs> people that are running these bots. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious, how, how, is it like a timer that you set like a cron job, like every minute, check the price? Like, how, how do you trigger, say the price of ETH drops all of a sudden, like 5%, um, what would trigger the bot to say, okay, it's now below this, this price threshold of, let's say, you know, $2,900 if it was at 3000 and you have that, like what's checking that price and then triggering? <clears throat> you basically check the state of these networks every block. So every block you you, you check uh, whether what the new oh, state changes are, right? And then based on these new state changes uh, and the new truth that the current uh, and who's uh, who's yeah. who's who's checking the state of the block? That's not the bot, is it? Who's check who, who's checking the state of the block? Uh, you mean the full nodes or who's verifying it or? Yeah. So who's uh, sort of ver? Uh, checking the the um yeah the the last block which got mined and getting the price of the asset through there and then saying okay now it's below this price now let's trigger that is that the bot that's doing that or is that external to the bot uh, so it depends uh but usually that's actually the logic defined by the developer that does that and this could be for example a smart contract that uh that they, they have deployed and it basically is constantly called at every block by the bot. Um, and that function just returns true when it should execute. And oh, it returns I see. The, the, encoded, I see. Okay. Uh, the encoded payload that should be used to call whatever contract. Yeah. Got it. So there's a fee there just calling it every minute. Uh, no, no, not to the developers, no. This is, this is, uh, based, this is, this is kind of like the, the fixed fee paid by the bot operators. Um, or it, it's it's fairly variable, but it's, it's it's like it doesn't make that much difference to. to oh, like because it's not that. actually changing any state on the network. It's purely just read only. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I see how that all works. So now. basically, so you what you contract, yeah. what yeah. what you pay for if you if you if you let if you if you pay Gelato to execute a transaction, you 
not only pay for the transaction, but you pay for all these reads that happen uh, before that. Great. Uh, could you tell me about some of the technical challenges that you have running Gelato, like a behind the scenes look about what it takes to, to run the network? Yeah, sure. And um, it's, it's, it's not, unfortunately, straightforward to, for everyone to just do it. So that's why um, basically you need really people that know what they're doing at the moment, doing that and constantly trying to, to optimize it. Um, and yeah, just how it looks under the hood is you have this client running that has to every new block check what's the new state on this particular network on ethereum that's like 15 seconds or so like on the light tools it could be one second or two seconds right um, and then okay what's the new information what's the new truth uh, of what is possible to execute right now right and then you have let's say five thousand orders that all want to get checked in split like in a couple of seconds and okay which ones can we actually execute and which ones we cannot and then let's say you have 100 orders suddenly that um, all can be executed at that time but they all kind of like could counteract each other so if one oh, gets filled yeah. maybe the other one doesn't right oh, so then yeah. you need to have algorithms in place which kind of like cross check very quickly okay which ones would then work in cohere like co in together right similar to how miners work uh, yep. when they kind of like go through transactions and simulate them very quickly right and then they select a bunch of transactions and then get mined. We also need to select the amount of transactions, which we need to take, uh, which are the most optimal solution right now, and then submit um, on chain in order to get executed. And there are a lot of bottlenecks here. Um, basically, you have to run full nodes, get clients, for example, right? That you constantly have to check with like, uh, there are different methods. RPC calls uh, is one of them, right? And but this is, is like not really perform, and it's quite a bottleneck. So you need to kind of like optimize <laughs> it a bit, where you get the state of the network, and then do a lot of logic actually off chain and kind of like mimic what's going on in like a different setting um, to not constantly have to call this this node. And and so there's a lot of technical bottlenecks here that you have to kind of like navigate and circumvent and running yeah. these bots with like 10 like having just like 10 transactions that you check or something it's cool but like if they go <laughs> to the ten thousands and this is where it gets really really difficult and every like good uh, product probably at some point will have that um and then you get into like scaling bottlenecks and then it gets really complex wow so in some sense you're deciding which which you know which which transactions are going to make it and which are not. I mean, what? How do you sort of determine that? Is it kind of based on gas fees that people are willing to pay, or what's the? What's kind uh, of the it depends. Algorithm? So it's you. It's they. They're like different tiers of how they get filtered, um, uh, and and where the pri how the priority is determined at the beginning is just like a first in, first out. But then uh, maybe this one came first, and this can can second. But this one can be executed. Uh, with this one and this one and this one and this one can't because it cancels these out right and then you need to uh, kind of like decide okay what does how how can i get most transactions mm. mined now um, and 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 then you have to decide like that and there's there's also an opportunity at some point to actually um, use our token again um, where you can actually get priority over other transactions by staking some gel we are like thinking about that for example so you can like, if you acquire gel, you stake it, you 
your task will basically get prioritized over others um, yeah. in terms of getting mined, if both of them can get mined at the same time, right? So there's another use case uh, where uh, the true utility of the token is actually showcased. But uh, yeah, at the moment, it's, it's usually like just first in, first out. And then if it works together with the others, it will be filled or executed. Yeah. So I'm curious how, how so when you get an influx of, let's say, 5,000 transactions that could potentially happen, how do you even start mapping all those against each other? Like, is that a, do you are you using like a graphing database or kind of what's, yeah, like how do you figure out what the connections are between the first and the 5,000th transaction? And yeah, it's, it's, or is it depends. A solution and you kind of do the best. Yeah, yes. so there's one general solution that works kind of like across, like first, like there's, there's some transactions where you know what they're doing. For example, like limit orders, our like limit orders are a bit special. They're specialized because they want to, we want to make them performant, right? And we know that they are limit orders and we know they they do a trade on an exchange, right? Yeah. And then there are some tasks that we don't even know what they're doing. They could be petting Avogotchis, right? Uh, <laughs> so we, we have no idea. And so there's That's like a general... Yeah, yeah that, which is also very important as well, right? So, and then there's a generalized framework of determining which one can be executed at once, right? Because you, you basically just like take the state and then you run a bunch of transactions through it. And then how far do you get? And then you need to kind of like, if you get to a certain point, you need to try out different combinations and you get further, you get further. And then you have the bundle and then you can submit that. Um, and then with mm -hmm. limit orders, it's, it's really about the liquidity in the market and they're the most performant ways just to get um, information about the current state of these pools and then run complex algorithms <laughs> basically to determine which ones to uh, fill and which ones not to fill. But um, yeah, this is this is kind of like where the real like heavy lifting happens. Yeah, and then when you have that 5,000 transactions that need to be submitted, is that, are you spinning up any infrastructure on the back end to execute those or do you have kind of just a fixed fleet of yeah. So like like the good, yeah, the yeah. good thing about Gelato is we use like a microservice architecture so we can scale up quite nicely by adding more service mm -hmm. to it. Um, and so the more tasks they are, the more service we can spin up, the more um, tasks can be checked by single ones, basically. And then you can like shard the, the number of tasks yep. that can be checked. Um, and uh, yeah, this is kind of like how we scale up. But then you have to see like what kind of RPCs you're using. Um, and stuff so that there are a lot of small details you still have to be aware of that could bottleneck your scalability. Thanks for diving deep into that. Um, so I'd love to look ahead a bit. Uh, recently, you guys raised, I believe it was like $11 million in a Series A. So huge congrats on that. Um, what do you guys plan to do with that? Party. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So that, that'll leave about a million dollars. So what, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> no. Uh, well, yeah, we have we have uh, we have a bunch of stuff that we need to build, and yeah. like the yeah the most scarce resource in crypto is still Web three developers, right? That can that can yeah. help you really really build out the vision you have and uh, yeah we are expanding our team quite quite significantly at the moment um, because now we are like you have all these different networks coming live right Avalanche Optimism uh, Arbitrum whatnot right and like people require services on on, on all of them and then everywhere are potential 
um, transactions that want to be automated and we want to serve all our users there. So we need to, every new network adds a lot of work and overhead and maintenance and monitoring to the system. Mm -hmm. And so we need to really um, increase our capacities there. Um, so basically we are the DevOps team of all these projects that are using Gelato, right? And so this DevOps right. team has to grow in order to actually, and luckily it scales well, uh, because like another task is being added for another project, we don't mind. It's just like more checks being done and it needs to be more performant, but we need people that yeah. code and make it more performant, right? And so um, this is one side of the coin. And then the other side of the coin is of course the growth and the adoption of Gelato, right? We are in a race, there are other projects as well that are slowly entering um, the space that we have kind of carved out for ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and in order to compete, uh, you, you need to grow and you also need to uh, do marketing, etc. So there's, there's where the, there, this is not a lot of money for that, uh, trust me. So uh, we, we probably only, uh, we will probably use it up in, in like two years or maybe even less. Yeah. And in terms of um, product roadmap, where do you kind of see see the product growing in, let's say, the next like twelve months, like a year from now? Yeah. So, what I really think is like what we currently do is we help developers to automate transactions within Ethereum or on Polygon, for example, right? But where it's where we are getting more and more requests, and where I think it's 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 where the real interest and the real problems to be solved lie is within automating stuff across all of them. So basically enabling you to define conditions on one network, execute transactions on the other one, because all of these applications, they will be multi-chain and they're already doing that, right? They are not living on one world, they're living in multiple worlds and they need to automate the function, first of all, every on all networks. And then they need to move funds and need conditional executions across them. And, and this is much more wow. complex. Um, yeah. And, so is and that like an is, atomic transaction? Would that be atomic across the networks? Um, I mean, it, like, it's, I, it's, yeah. it's, um, it, it depends. Like it, it won't be atomic in the sense of uh, everything will revert um, if one of the components fail. Um, yeah. But it, it will be basically an asynchronous uh, process. But yeah, um, yeah so uh, it's, uh, and there's a lot of, lot of problems to be solved, especially like on the, on the trust layer. Uh, um, but yeah, we also we are really working with some some cool partners there that might help us leapfrog some of that work. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, there's some I think cool stuff coming out. Hopefully by the end of the year, that that already kind of like where we tip our toes into these waters and then like go deeper and deeper. Yeah, cool. And in terms of finding talent, um, what is that process like? Is it? I imagine it's pretty competitive right now with all the blockchain products and projects being built yeah <laughs> it is yeah. um yeah you have to be creative <laughs> you have to be creative like what have you found I that's that's worked or is that going to be sharing the the secret sauce no it's it's it's, it's of course you, first of all you need high quality um human resource partners that help you with mm -hmm. that um scouting yep. these people and then if you find someone you need to be like very aggressive um like i literally like if i see a good candidate i will scout like i will find their information uh it doesn't matter what fly information private I will... jet fly a <laughs> private jet over there with like jay-z on there like <laughs> wine no, and dining I will, I will i will literally like find all the information and dm them on all different networks that are out there um 
do something that grab their attention, whatever it is. Wow. And then yeah. like force them into a call. And on the call, I would just pitch gelato. And usually they are there if they developers, they, they get it right away. And they, mm-hmm. um, they, you, most of them are quite excited about it. And I think we have a pretty, pretty cool team. Um, and, but yeah, you need to be like, really like I spend like hours just chasing people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I, I've worked at a lot of startups in my career and, uh, it seems like, especially in the first couple of years, the CEO is probably like 50% of his time or her time is in recruiting and finding talent to, to, to join the team. And it sounds like it's no different for a blockchain startup. You know, it's just a product that happens Sorry. to run on blockchain, but everything else is the same. It's like, you still need to find good people and, um, in all different roles and things like that. You need, yeah. The, the people are the most important part of the whole equation, right? Um, yeah. and yeah, and, and the landscape is very competitive. So you need to, you need to get creative and the salaries doesn't like salaries don't matter. Like, it's not like you say, I pay double and then suddenly you get all the all the good people because someone else will pay triple <laughs> like you, 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 can, you can't compete in that regard like these projects are like so overfunded everyone so and that's why you can only catch them by giving them ownership by giving them um uh, autonomy um and mm-hmm. making it fun right so that they like it that, i guess that's the, the, the yeah. competitive advantage you have to create could you see um, something like working with DAOs as one approach for scaling out your development, things like that? You know, m- maybe on like a project basis or something like that. Yeah. So, so a lot of projects go the route of like creating their grant styles, right? Like Ava grant style, or basically back then how, how we got in touch with Gnosis with their grant style, right? So this is kind of like a natural yep. um, scaling um, of projects, though. I think. Um, that's usually like i haven't really seen um a project that and there's very cool projects that spin out of this but um like for that particular project that they are like remain with that it's it's not really like i haven't seen it that much so i'm not 100 percent convinced on on those things uh, so far but but uh, i i truly believe in what is different here is that you are not building an isolation here like the more different viewpoints and the more people you get on board that will participate the better and and we for example we also work with uh, a lot of like outside companies that help and have developed have their own developer teams and they contribute code to gelato and it's not only like our core team but also other teams uh, helping out right. uh, of course they're getting paid also in, the, in our token right so they are long-term aligned with us um, and so i think that's the only way you can you can scale up quickly yeah Cool. Um, so, uh, last question or one of the last questions, um, what are the best ways for folks in the community to get involved with gelato? Yeah. So like if you're a developer, um, definitely come to our, probably our discord is the best place in the dev channel. Um, check out app.gelato.network where you can schedule all your transactions that you need basically. Um, we are currently revamping the whole UI. It's still like a, a, an alpha version that we quickly spun out and we are restructuring the whole thing, which will make it very, very smooth very soon. Um, and then if you're a user, definitely check out um, all, like probably you have used Gelato at some point. If you are on InstaDep, if you're on Xerion, if you're on QuickSwap or SpookySwap or KeeperDAO or B Protocol, like these all these projects, they all use our infrastructure in the backend. So you probably used it even though you might not know it. Um, but if you haven't done so, then 
maybe go to Sorbet, um, check out GUni, which is our solution for automated liquidity management on Unisub V3. Uh, it recently mm -hmm. got added into MakerDAO as collateral, which is pretty cool. Um, and there you can basically just uh, deposit some down UCC and earn a lot of like high rates and use it in collateral as collateral in your debt positions on MakerDAO. Um, and you can go leverage on that. So that's super, super dope. Wow. Um, and, and yeah, there are a lot of other interesting things. Cool. And I, uh, I meant to ask at the top, uh, where did the name Gelato come from? Ah, yeah, Gelato. Um, <laughs> so back then, <laughs> actually, like nowadays, there are a lot of food projects. So like... Uh, uh, weirdly sounding default projects, right? But like back then when we started, it was like the was the, the default was still like DYDX or compound finance or like all these very tra traditional financial terms. Um, uh -huh. And uh, yeah, we were we were kind of like tired of them. Um, and <laughs> yeah, there was we we were at the co-working space in Berlin and down there. There's like the best Sicilian ice cream shop in, in the whole world, in our opinion. And, and, and uh -huh. we basically got like went there every day and it was like gelato and we're like, okay, man, we just, let's just call it gelato. We like That's ice great. cream. And so, and so we, we call it that way and people seem to, seem to like it. Yeah. It's a very like, has like positive intonations and things like that. I mean, everyone loves, loves gelato too. So cool. Well, Hilmar, thank you so much for coming on to the next block and sharing uh, the gelato story and telling us all about it. Um, I think it's amazing to see how quickly you've grown and, um, it seems like there's a lot of potential still for growth uh, coming up. So um, I'll put uh, some info in the show notes about how to best get in touch with you guys. Uh, you said the Discord channel. Um, could you share a couple other things? Uh, yeah, we have uh, Twitter at Gelato Network. Um, that's where we usually all like release our news. And then we've got a Telegram chat, which is like the most busy probably and so these are kind of like, and we've got a YouTube channel as well, Gelato Network, where we do monthly community calls where we just talk about what's happening. We'll probably do one next week, I assume, um, just like a recap of the last quarter. And then we just publicly talk yep. about everything, what's going on. So that's quite interesting. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. I'll link to all that stuff in the, in the show notes. So great. Thank you again, Hilmar. And uh, we'll chat with you soon. Thanks for having me. Ciao.